a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds. With the right plan and mindset, anything is possible. I'm Jennifer John, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm so excited to be talking today to the beautiful, amazing Dr. Bonnie Wims. Dr. Bonnie, welcome hi, to the show. Hi, hi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, you guys don't know Bonnie as well as I know Bonnie. I was so, so honored to get to spend, what, five, six days in the Costa Rican jungle with Bonnie a few months ago because um, she attended our Costa Rica retreat where we got to know each other so much better. And I absolutely wanted to have her on the podcast. And so, Bonnie, will you just take a few minutes and just tell everybody, introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you and your story and the amazing work that you do. Amazing. Thank you. Yes, I will tell you about my amazing work. Yeah, so I'm a counseling psychologist by training. And I was trained and credentialed in London, England when I was living there with my husband and my son. And so my story to become a therapist was a little bit off maybe the typical journey because I was 50 when I graduated with my doctorate. So it was a little bit of a meandering path. I knew probably when, I know in high school I took a psychology class and I just knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to step outside myself and think about my thinking. And I realized that there was people before me that had already done that. And so there was just this amazing curiosity, I think, that I had. So fast forward 16 to 50, you know, life happened. Uh, you get start working somewhere else. School was not really an option for me right out of high school. So I worked and then, you know, you get married, you have kids. Next thing you know, your salary is a little essential. So going back to school just never really happened. I tried numerous times had all these little, you know, tiny little courses kind of compiled, but could never quite finish. And so finally, I was able to, my husband got a job in sales. They pay salesmen a lot more than they pay wannabe therapists. So I could stop and really go back to school and dedicate myself, which was so exciting. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I think a 50-year-old brain is probably different than a 16-year-old brain. So it was really difficult, but it was also so rewarding because I knew, like I just knew in my core, this is what I was supposed to have been doing all this time. I feel a little bit of twinge of, I'm always behind the eight ball, you know, it's like I have a hand, my hand in the small of my back saying, do more, do more, do more, because now I'm 61 and I really, I love what I do and I'm not anywhere near close to slowing down because I got to it late. So I have a private practice. I now uh, live and work in uh, New York, Manhattan, and I am a therapist. I'm also a mental health coach. So I work with people depending on situations and what's going on with them in those two sort of modalities. Yeah, when we met in Costa Rica, it was just, it was for me just a really interesting 
uh, journey with you because you spoke very openly about your mental health journey. And I just felt like I'd never met a coach that was so not only open about it, but really clear about why you were being open about it and the way in which it impacts your business to have your mental health, uh, to be paying attention to your mental health. So that's what I really attracted me to you in a very unique way. Yeah, it makes sense because one of the things I've really seen and, and, and teach is that you really need a balance between that emotional intelligence, that emotional work on ourselves and all those tactical, practical, you know, things that we do in our business. Because when you look at things that business owners face, like, you know, just time management, even just like simple time management, it's not that simple, but you know, simple time management, it wasn't until I got my emotional side and that that healing part of me healed that I could really get my hands around time management. And so I think with business owners so often we we think that, oh, I'm just gonna solve this with, you know, this marketing campaign or this, you know, what whatever tactic in my business, or I'm gonna go through this course and that's gonna solve all my problems. But if you don't do the emotional healing and have that emotional health, it's like you can just keep spinning your wheels over and over. And so I'm a huge fan of like putting those two things together. And for me personally, therapy was a big part of that. I went through four years of trauma therapy because I was fighting with my husband. And he said, you know, if you don't go get help, we're not going to make it. And he was right. I had, I had been through two divorces and I did not want to have another failed relationship. And luckily I happened to find a therapist who was a trauma therapist. And she was able to really explain to me like, Hey Jen, you actually did go through a lot of trauma, even though you just sort of pushed past it and said, this didn't bother me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working. Da, 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 da. And she was able to explain to me like when we were fighting, what was happening? Why was I getting so like angry and why would I just yell and scream or get in my car and drive away because I would just get so angry and then I would be like you know the next day like what happened like I just lost my mind and I don't understand why and she was really able to explain what was going on with me and that started a journey with her four years that I was in really trauma therapy to deal with all the abuse of my past but the beautiful part was that my business mm -hmm. started to change when I started to mm -hmm. work on myself and I noticed that the way I would see things would change. My perspective would change. So I, I right now could go back and say, hey, I remember how I looked at it like that, that way before I did the healing work. And now I see it so differently after I've done the healing work. And it has really just changed my business, changed, changed everything to do this work. And I think it's interesting, Bonnie, and maybe I, I'm, I don't know if you see this too, that there seems to be like a negative association, like you're you're broken or something if you're in therapy. If you're listening to this, I made air quotes, you know, if you're in therapy, there's like a negative association with it. And do you see that too, like in the industry? Because I, I don't think that there should be this negative association. I think it should actually be like, yeah, I, I, I have the courage to work on myself and I've found a professional to help me do that work. Like it's such a good thing to be doing for ourselves. But we, do you see that too, like in the, the therapy industry, kind of like that negative sense around it? Yeah. And if I can do a shameless plug. <laughs> um that's why I have a podcast. Yes, thank you. Can. you. Yeah, please do. Yes. My podcast is called Therapy Deconstructed, a name given by our mutual buddy, Adrian Garland, who I work with. Uh, she hosts it for me. And 
she came up with the name after mm-hmm. she and I had long conversation about what I wanted to say on my podcast. And what I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. was misconceptions, myths, and misunderstandings of therapy that lead to that stigma. And I think what finally hit me last year was my role in that as a therapist, my responsibility to try to help people understand what happens in therapy because there's so many misunderstandings. I mean, the average person thinks about therapy the way that, you know, they've experienced it, whether it's from the movies usually or somebody told them about a bad experience because people love to talk about those. There's no real, like most, the average person, if they haven't been through it, has some sense of it that's come from external resources that aren't always accurate for sure. Mm -hmm. You having been through it, myself having been through it and also as a therapist, we understand that there is something so special and unique about that relationship that gives you the opportunity to really dive deep and work on some things that are impacting the way that you behave. And I think the biggest thing for me, the stigma around, oh, something's wrong with them. You know, we've seen it with celebrities or or athletes who have come out and been very open about their need for help. And there's support, but then there's also the, oh, oh, that's too bad. Like somehow they're weak or uh, there's something wrong with them that they now are admitting this. And the thing is that I feel like the vulnerability part to admit something like that, I'm a big Brene Brown fan, this idea Mm -hmm. that that's the strength in admitting, right? The strength that took you to finally say, yes, Yes, I realize I need some support in figuring this out because it's not a conscious thing. If you could have just thought your way out of behaving that way, you would have. You don't want to behave that way. So you just say, yeah. I'm going to stop doing that. Well, that doesn't work because it doesn't happen from your um, intellectual mind. And so you need support. You need a therapist that can help you dive deeper and to come to those out of your awareness kind of thoughts and behaviors that have happened because of what's happened to you not because of who you are, but but what's happened to you and then impacts your behavior. So yeah, I really think I'm just on my soapbox all the time. I must be a great dinner guest because I always kind of, it always comes up, oh, people, you're a therapist and they, and then I just go off on this tangent about, it's just people don't understand unless they've been through it. And so it makes people afraid. I think they get fearful of even going near it. I had somebody reach out recently and the first thing she said was, I feel overwhelmed by this. And that's, you know, that's a very real statement and I get that. And it's my job to help you, you know, kind of calm that down and and just take the first step. You know, we're not going to solve it all in one minute, but take the first step and just starting the process. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I love how you said, Bonnie, like I made a conscious decision, like it sounded beautiful it was not a beautiful process at all. When I went to therapy, I literally, I'll be honest, I went to therapy to prove my (laughs) husband wrong. I was so pissed off at him (laughs) and so angry that he would just be like, you know, you're broken and you need to go get fixed or we're not going to make it. Now I did want to stay in the relationship. I love my husband dearly. He was worth doing the work for, but I, I honestly, he found the therapist. I was like, fine, if you want me to go, I'll go. And he found the therapist and we went. And yeah, I went to prove him wrong. But when I went there, and then she started working with me. And she started saying, Hey, wait a second, what you've been through what in your life? And I'm like, you know, ticking off all these things. And 
she was like, holy cow, Jen, like, you know, these are real things. And this is real trauma. And this is what's happening. And it was PTSD that I was going through when we would fight and argue. And so I went to prove him wrong. I stayed mm-hmm. to heal myself. And I, I think that was so, so, I don't know, it just, it didn't come in this beautiful way. It came because we were fighting and I just wanted to prove him wrong. And then I, I ended up staying for all the right reasons and getting such an amazing benefit out of it. So I only share that with our listeners because if you're like on the fence or somebody's telling you, you need to go get some help, you know what? Just maybe go. You never know what could happen. But that being said, you know, when I first started going to therapy, she, she did, she said to me, you're going to deal with this forever. The uh, the triggers, the trauma, because it happened to you for so many years in early childhood. And many of you already know my story, but there was a lot of sexual abuse from my father. And so she said to me, I remember her saying, you know, this is something that you're probably going to deal with your whole life. And in my mind, I didn't say it out loud to her, but in my mind, I said, no, I'm not. I am not going to live with this for the rest of my life because it's it's awful. It's awful and it hurts and I I hate it and I don't like feeling like this. And I remember just setting my intention that I will do everything she tells me to do. I will go at it 100%. I will give it my all. If I'm scared, I'm going to go and I'm going to do whatever it takes to heal this stuff because she also told me you only have to heal it once. And she was right. When you get in there and you actually like heal it and it's healed, you don't have to come back and keep mm-hmm. messing around with it. Like it really gets healed and you can really move on. And so I did. I remember setting that intention and just saying, no, I'm not. I'm not going to deal with this for my whole life. And I stayed with her. I stayed in the process for four years before it was time to move on because I was I was healed and it felt really good. And now, maybe occasionally, I might get a little trigger, but I recognize it. I know what to do with it. I have my tools. I can move through it. And so I just think that when you work with a therapist, I know I've seen people who they've been in therapy for 25 years and they're still, you know, not healed. I, I think it's so important that if you're going to go to therapy, that you set the intention to work with the therapist to to really get in and to heal these things. And so I'd love your take on this, like patients that you work with who are like, I'm here to heal versus patients who are maybe like, I just need a friend. You know, what does that look like of the people who like, who gets the best results in therapy? Such a, such a great question. I, I completely agree with you as far as setting the intention. And it's different for people depending on what they've gone through and what they're looking to heal or work on. I will say with trauma, for sure. I think it's very clear. I had a client come to me and say, I'm, I'm aware. I don't need any more awareness. I need things to change. <laughs> and I thought, good for you, because that's, a, that's kind of a buzzword, you know, therapy speak. You need to become aware of your thoughts. And you do, absolutely do. But mm-hmm. then you have to move on to the next step and you have to really work to understand where that's coming from and work to change it. Because if you don't work to change it, then it's just gonna, you can just be, yeah, I'm really aware that I'm screwed up right now and, you know, yelling at my husband, but you're not going to change it. So I completely agree with you in setting the intention. And when I work with clients, I periodically, like quite often will say, let's spend the last 10 minutes of today reviewing how we're doing. And not about my ego. I'm not asking you to compliment me. I'm not asking you to give me, you know, five stars on my Google review. This is how do you think this is going? 
And where do you think we need to improve? Because it's your time, it's your money. This is an investment. Let's make it work. People will um, react to that. In, in some people show up therapy every week and just sort of don't spend any time outside of therapy working on what we've talked about. And those are the people that could probably keep going for 25 years because they aren't really engaging. I always laugh because I was raised Catholic and it was sort of like, that's how we went. We went to church one hour a week and then didn't think about it for the rest of the week. And then one hour a week, you know, that was, that was our Catholic sort of upbringing. Therapy is the same way. If you don't engage with it, if you don't work on it when you're not in therapy, then you're not going to reap the benefits that you, you need because you have to, you're working to change your life, you know, so you have to do it in your life. It has to be a live kind of working yeah. thing. You probably realize that. And not everybody comes with trauma though. You know, some people come with maybe less kind of deeper involved questions but it's the same thing. To me, it's always about a clear intention and then lots of reviews along the way to make sure we're moving the right way and that the right things are, are happening for you. And if they're not, why not? And if it's because our relationship isn't working for you, then I will help you find someone else because it's so critical that it's the right thing for you. I'm in such awe of people who go to therapy and really invest in it because like you said, it was not a pretty process. It's not easy. But the benefit, like as you talk about getting healed, like that's life-changing. That's thinking about our business and the way that we behave. It's like, you know, people maybe think it's different compartments, but they're not. And so your trauma was impacting your business. It was impacting the way that you dealt with clients. It was impacting day with the way that you talked to yourself when things went poorly or went well. It impacts every aspect of our lives, psychology is in everything. And so I'm sure I can imagine how your business changed and improved once you started to heal that pattern of the way that you spoke to yourself and behaved because of that trauma. So it's, I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I just yammered there, but anyway. It was good yammering, <laughs> Bonnie. It was very, very good yammering. No, it, it was so good. And you said so many good things there. And I think it is important to find the right person to do this work with. I have a wonderful client. I've worked with her for years and she suffered the loss of her brother very suddenly. And she was working to process through that grief. And I, you know, encouraged her to work with a therapist on processing through this grief. And um, she got a therapist and during their sessions, the therapist was falling asleep in their mm. sessions. And so she quit working with the therapist. And I'm like, yeah, because your therapist, is, I mean, is an idiot, like, you know, not a good no. therapist. And she has since gone on and found somebody else to work with. And so I think there's a lot of people that may be like, yeah, yeah, I tried the therapy thing. And then this is the, the terrible thing that happened. And then they don't go back. And so I'd love for you to speak to that for a few minutes. Like what happens if your first try, you don't find the right person. You know, I'm a coach. I'm like, keep trying. You'll find that right person. But like, what do you say to somebody who's like, yeah, maybe I'm interested in therapy, but I had this bad experience. Like, how do you help them to kind of move past that so that they can find the right person to yeah. work with? I think it's, I kind of liken it to dating in a weird way because, you know, it takes a lot of courage and you kind of have to buck yourself up to kind of put yourself out there. And then if something goes poorly, you're just like, oh, see, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I think that's the way that it works with this, because it's a relationship, right? And it's so critical that it's a good relationship, that it's one that's, 
you feel the connection, you feel the person is validating you, but also that they challenge you. So there's this, you know, this balance of validation and, and challenge. And I don't know, falling asleep is just a no-go area, obviously. Yeah. But lots of less extreme things happen where you just don't feel it. I've had people tell me that all the time. Oh, I've seen, seen this person for about a year. I think they're okay, but I don't know. <laughs> a year? How much money and time have you just spent with this person? You don't owe them anything. If this is not working, move on. And I think the hard thing for people is, but I just, I tried. And now I got to try again. You know, it's like, I don't feel like trying that again. I don't feel like sharing my story again. I don't feel like putting myself in that position of feeling so vulnerable. And I understand that fatigue. And I wish there were no bad therapists out there. I wish anyone that fell asleep would just, you know, right away be somehow moved to a register that said, don't go there, they fall asleep. (laughs) You know, but that's not the way it works. (laughs) And finding a therapist is such hard work. You know, it's like, how can you, what can you tell from this little blurb in this picture if they're going to connect? I offer a free 30-minute consultation. I know it's not very much, but it's my way of kind of saying, you want to chat for half an hour and see what you think? You know, ask me anything. And do you get a good feeling? Do you not? And then obviously you have a session. If it's not great, then there's no obligation, you know, just tell me you want to move on. And, and I'll try to help you find someone. If I feel like, you know, we've talked and I could tell why it's not working with us and that you need something different. You needed a trauma therapist. Not all therapists are trauma therapists. Mm-hmm. And if you'd worked with someone else, you might not have had that same benefit. So it's just critical. It's critical that you find the right one. And sometimes it's just the relationship. It's just that you feel that you trust this person. You can talk to this person, you know, because you're bearing your soul here. You know, I, I need to know I can trust and I feel good and that this person is really there for me. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because probably a year before I found my therapist, her name was Katie. She doesn't practice anymore, but oh my God, she was just so helpful to me. But probably a year before that, I went and was working with a life coach. Now I had worked with this life coach a couple of years earlier. That's how I met her. And I was I was leaving corporate and trying to work through all of that. And I'd never worked with a coach before. And I worked with her. And it was so helpful to work with her to just process through the grief. I was going through a divorce. I was trying to get through corporate, like and just processing through all this grief. And she had been incredibly helpful to me. And then you know, she, she is actually the person who introduced me to my husband today. She introduced us a, a, a couple years later and we'd, we'd, we'd come together very quickly and we were struggling in the early relationship with fighting all the time. And so we went back to that same life coach because we knew her, I had worked with her and we had a couple's counseling session with her. And I'm not kidding when I say it was the worst thing ever because in the life coaching space, she had really, really helped me. In the couples counseling space, she actually traumatized me because she didn't know about trauma. She did a counseling session with us and she basically just said, oh, well, Jennifer, you're just acting like a big victim and like called me out and traumatized Mm. me. And it was really, really bad and it was really upsetting. And I obviously I never went back to another session with her. And then it was about a year later when we found the trauma therapist. Katie, the trauma therapist, created a safe space for me. 
And when we were doing this early work together, my husband was actually in the sessions and he was saying and doing things that were actually also re-traumatizing me in the session. And she kicked him out. She said, you know what? You need to go find your therapist to work on you. And this is Jennifer's space that we're going to work on. And she kept it a safe space Mm -hmm. for me. And the night and day difference between a person who knew what they were doing and created a safe space where I could do this work because I'm working on old trauma and then I have my husband saying and doing dumb shit that's like, you know, put more trauma on top of it. And it's just like, ah, I can't really do the work I need to do in this space. Plus for me, I never had a mother who protected me. And so having Mm -hmm. her protect me in this space and say, I'm sorry, you can't be here. You have to go over here and find your own therapist it created an environment that was so like loving and safe and supportive. Whereas somebody in, you know, the life coaching, she'd done a great job, but in the, in the trauma therapy, um, she shouldn't be doing sessions um, with anybody who's had past trauma because she actually created more harm than good. And so I, I share this because I want people to know, like, if you've had a bad experience, you may have just been with the wrong yeah. person who didn't know how to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. But if you, you keep looking, and I love, Bonnie, that you said, you know, you have a free session. I think a lot of good quality people will offer a free session. Take advantage of it. Go meet with a couple different people. You know, find the person that can actually help you do this deep work. Don't stop just because maybe you had a bad experience and give up on the whole concept of therapy. Yeah, yeah because you know this and I know this, that it's not going to go away. Mm-mm. And, it, you know, like I said, not everybody's responding to trauma, although more and more, I think our definition of trauma is broadening. And we understand yeah. that it doesn't have to be life or death. It can just be, if it's your trauma, it's trauma. And so once it settles in you as trauma, when it gets re-triggered by current events, it changes the way that you react to it. And you don't react to it, the grown-ass woman sitting here before me, right? That trauma reacts and it doesn't go away. And so you can say, well, that was a bad therapist or, well, therapy's not for me. But what's the alternative? Like, now what are you going to do? Because A, I really, you know, you can't do this by yourself because you, you can't understand the way that you're responding to this until someone helps you see that because it just isn't right here in in your awareness. You know, it lurks wherever you want to call it, unconscious, outside of your awareness. It lurks in a place very deeply embedded in your emotions that shows up in ways that is confusing and infuriating and frightening. So until somebody can help you kind of identify it, like you said, you get little blips of it now, but you recognize it way early and you're able to, you've got strategies in place and you know how to deal with it. You know how to recognize it. It doesn't get let go until it's a full-blown attack, of whatever's happening for you. So that's the big difference to me is to say to people, there is so much good evidence now that we can heal and that the brain is incredibly elastic and has the ability to change. And that I don't care how old you are, 61, 82, (laughs) 12, your brain can change and you can change the way that you see and understand things based on what's happened to you. It all comes down to what happened to you. So bring in some good things to happen to you (laughs) so that you can start healing this stuff. It's just that simple. And people give up on themselves and that breaks my heart, you know? And I understand it's an investment 
financially, your time. It's difficult to find people. I understand all the barriers to it. But we will spend money on other things instead. You know, people will drink too much. People will spend lots of money. People will take long, you know, so people that go on trips constantly, never sit still. People do all sorts of things to try to distract from it. You're spending the money anyway. It's just, you're not necessarily healing yourself. So I just, I feel like we all kind of have excuses as to why we can't do it. And you're living proof right in front of me that the benefits of it are incredible. You've got a marriage. I've met your lovely husband. You've got a family. You've got a life. You've got a thriving business. And we were talking before we started recording that these wonderful coaches that you've attracted to work with you, that all comes from you having healed, right? What did you say? You attract, what did you say one time? Something about you attract what you believe you're worth or something, you know, you attract it. So when you feel like a victim or you feel traumatized, that's all the more that you're going to attract into your life. And you won't even recognize you're doing it because it's just the way that you understand how to live until someone helps you realize that it isn't, doesn't have to be that way. You know, you don't have to. I was raised in an abusive home, alcoholic father. And so my perception of myself in the world when I left was, was just skewed by the, you know, seeing it through the lenses of abuse. And to me, that had to be healed or I would forever feel like the victim of abuse. And therefore, that's what I was worth. It was a long slog for me too to work through that. But so necessary and beautiful because in part, like you said, you don't want to have to reheal, but also that it gives you that knowledge that you've done the work and how proud you can be of yourself that you decided you were worth it. You know, you were worth doing all that work for. Yeah, it makes such a difference. And it really does tie into your business. You know, I can have a client come to me and be like, hey, I'm not making any money. Okay, let's look at your pricing. You need to charge more. But if you under the underneath in those layers don't feel like you have value or that you're worth more, you're going to struggle in your business. Like that's the kind of stuff that has to be healed. Even with like time management, I had to do and still continue to do you guys, I want to be super clear, like I'm always working on myself. I don't ever think that I'll get to a place where it's just like, Oh, yeah, I healed it all. I've healed a lot of it. But there's always still stuff to work on. And even recently around just time management, I was like, what is going on with this just like over scheduling myself always over scheduling, over scheduling, over scheduling. And then I just couldn't really get that balance that I was really kind of um, craving. And as I worked on it more and more, I was just like, you know, it comes back from that people pleasing. It comes back from a, a childhood where if you didn't put the needs of other people first, you were not going to mm-hmm. survive. So, um, you know, I had to do work on that. And, but when I did work on it, then it's like, wait a second, I can actually do something different here. And I don't have to overschedule myself anymore. And I can still have a successful business. And so this is what I mean. We started the show with like these two things are really tied mm. together. And when you go in and you start healing those layers and the depths within yourself, it will manifest in your business and those tactical things that your business coach is telling you to do, they'll actually start working because you've now combined the emotional and the yeah, tactical together. Yeah. I always tell people yeah. it's like you have an argument inside your head, right? 
And mine was I wanted to do a podcast. So they're on one side, like, I want to do a podcast. I want to talk about this important stuff because I believe it so much. And then on the other side of the argument was because of my experiences, my abuse, and the way in which my life had gone, I don't have anything worthy to say. I'm not worth speaking. Mm. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. It's not worth anything. That was deeply settled within me, which I didn't really realize because I covered it up with a whole lot of, you know, big personality and bravado and I'm funny and all that stuff. So people didn't see it. But the first day I pulled this microphone in front of my face, I froze and I couldn't do it. And I procrastinated and I was late recording them for our dear friend, Adrian. And I didn't want her to think I was one of those people that didn't take deadlines serious because I did. So there was this disconnect between what I wanted to do and what I could do because of that trauma. And so it wasn't until I did some work on this microphone that I realized that it was that self-worth thing, that little voice saying, you don't have anything worthy to say. And I had to go back and do some work on that. It shocked me. I, I was surprised that it came out, but it did. You know, all it took was pull a microphone in front of my face for me to recognize that I didn't feel worthy of speaking out. And so that's my business. You know, that's this podcast. And if I don't heal that, then I don't do this podcast. And so it's so intertwined. It's not, oh, well, let me do some therapy so I can date more, have a better marriage or, you know, any of those things, which is fine. But it's not, it's not one compartment. It, it impacts your whole life. It will, healing, I'm sure for you, it impacted every relationship you have, I'm sure, and the way that you behaved in it. And yeah. same for me. So healing that I feel I have something worthy to say has now given me the confidence to feel like when I promote my podcast or when I come on your podcast and talk about it, because now I, I can say, I think I do have something worthy to say. You know, it's, Still yeah. a little hard, but <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We want it to be a little hard because you got to have something to work yeah. on, right, Bonnie? And you do have something to say. And so many people do. I remember a few years ago, we're almost out of time, but my gosh, I could just talk to you all day. I love it. I love our conversation so much. And I remember a few years ago when we first started doing our retreats and we would do them with Spartan races and we did one in Montana. We're actually doing another one this year in Montana. I'm super excited to go back there, but it was a smaller retreat. We had, you know, 10 or 15 women. Our good friend, Adrian was actually there. Uh, we'll do a shameless plug for Adrian at the <laughs> end too. And I remember that I'm at this retreat and I'm leading it because it's a retreat for my company and my coaches are there and our clients are there. And this, this particular one was an all-female retreat that we were doing. And one of the exercises was um, we had the campfire and you had to write down you know, what you wanted to let go. And so you had to write it down, throw it into the fire, let it go, and then state out loud what you wanted to bring in. And I remember I'm the leader and of course I'm like, okay, but I always participate in my retreats and I just, I just love it. I'm like, I'm here to work on myself too. And I always like to set the example. If I can show up to my retreat and work on myself, you guys can too. But I remember being so overwhelmed at this retreat because growing up, my mother was very toxic and I really didn't trust women very much because my mother never really protected me. And when I went through the four years of therapy, you know, and like Katie, she created the safe space and she was really the first woman in my life that I ever felt like kind of had my back. And I'm at this retreat with all these women. And I remember just out of the blue, I just had all these feelings and all these emotions and just like 
oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm creating relationships with women here. And this is really the first time mm-hmm. I've really done this. And it was so overwhelming. And I remember crying and I remember feeling a lot of emotion around it. I remember saying, oh, Jen, you probably should work on this a little bit, you know, on your own, because it was just, it was coming up an inopportune moment, but I made an opportunity of it. But it just, sometimes this stuff will just come up and it's like when it's ready to be healed, it's ready to be healed, whatever that time is for you. So I'm hoping that people are listening to this and that we're inspiring them to actually, you know, just take a step find somebody to work with. We all have stuff that, you know, is within us and that when we do that work on ourselves, it will really manifest in beautiful and Mm -hmm. amazing ways throughout our lives, personally and professionally in our businesses and the work that we're doing out in the world. So whatever comes up, you know, just like, Hey, look at that. I I need to go work on that. And then find that safe space for yourself that you can do this work. And it's such a beautiful way you said all that which is so much more productive and helpful than saying, I can't because I feel, I fear I'm broken, right? So that's just a dead end. Yeah. Now, now what do I do? But to say, hey, look at that. I think I need to think about that a little bit more. Take some, take some time with that. Maybe I need some help with that. Maybe I need some support. It's that curiosity that says, I'm behaving in a way that I don't understand. And I would like to understand it and potentially change it. Because I say to people all the time, if it ain't broke, you know, we're not trying to fix it. We're not trying to, you know, change every aspect of you. We want to look at the things that aren't working for you and help you change that so that overall things are just better, you know, easier, just flow in a way. And yet you're open. And when you say that about women in relationships, that's surprises me because I find you to be incredibly open from female to female. So clearly you've done the work on that. Uh, (laughs) But that's the thing, right? (laughs) Like if you hadn't done the work, then maybe I wouldn't have felt this with you and maybe I wouldn't have signed up with your business if I felt a wall. So you just never know how the things that you don't, you choose not to work on, how that's then going to impact things that happen in your life and what's made available to you and how people see you. So yeah. 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 It's true. Oh, I love it. Bonnie, so great. I really, I know that we've helped some people with this episode. We'll do a quick shameless plug for Adrian. Adrian Garland with She Leads Media owns the She Leads Podcast Network and Bonnie's podcast, Therapy Deconstructed, and my podcast, Happy Productive. We are both part of the She Leads Network. And Adrian does such beautiful work helping women like find their voice and create their podcast. And so uh, I'll ping her after this and say, hey, we did a shameless plug for you <laughs> <laughs> today on the show. And then Bonnie, please tell everybody where they can find you because I know that you are a therapist in the state of New York, but with your coaching practice, are you allowed, I think you can coach across state lines. So anybody listening could come also work with you as a coach. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And it's mental health coaching. So it's not life coaching. It's, I definitely bring the therapist that I am to the room. It'd be hard not to, but it might be, it just depends on what people think they want to work on as far as their mental health coaching. But yeah, it definitely can provide that across state lines. And I like to just chat with people to see what it is they, they want to work on, talk with them about how I would go about doing that with them and see if they feel like that would be a good fit. So like I said, they can book a 30-minute free consultation to have that conversation to see if, well, yeah, I have this question about how you work and that doesn't feel right. So 
I will make recommendations for someone else. Or if it does feel right, that's great. You know, we can kick off the work. I love it. And where can they find you online? So my website is bonniewims.com. My email is bonnie at whimsandassociates.com with the N spelled out. I guess that's the best way to, to get me. I'm on all the socials, just Bonnie Wims, Dr. Bonnie Wims. I'm everywhere. I love it. And you guys will put all that information and links to Bonnie in the show notes as well. And I would really, really encourage you to just reach out, have a conversation and maybe work with Bonnie or have her help point you in the right direction. And you can do that with us too at jenniferjohncoaching.com. All right, that is it, you guys. Bonnie, thank you so much for being here with me today. It was a really beautiful conversation. Thank you. I feel the same. Awesome. All right, you guys, that's it for today. Get out there and have a happy, productive day. Bye, y'all. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.